Welcome back to Our Collective Story. My name is Craig Walston. This week, we have Kate from the Dirty French Broads. You may or may not have heard of the Dirty French Broads, but they are an awesome Western North Carolina band that has been playing all around the area. We had them come out and play at the Outdoor Collective a few weeks ago, and ever since then, I've been following their social media and basically listening to everything that I could get. And I invited Kate to be a part of the podcast. And not only did she agree to sit down and share her story with me, but she actually shared some music that has not been released yet. So we're going to play some of that for you. And then we're going to hear from her. She has an awesome story about choosing to leave her normal life and pursue her passion and music. You may not be someone that has decided to follow music as a passion, but certainly you're someone who has a dream and it might even have been scary, but it's that one that sits deep down in your heart that you wanna get the bravery to follow and she did just that. Her story is awesome and I'm so excited to bring it to you. Welcome to our collective story. Today we have Kate from the Dirty French Broads. Welcome, Kate. Hey, Craig. Thanks so much. I was so excited to to get your email. Gave me an excuse to get a good haircut. Heck yeah. (laughs) We are so glad you're here. I got to hear your band a few months ago uh, here at the Outdoor Collective. And ever since then, uh, I have absolutely wanted to be able to talk with you, be able to hear more about your story. Uh, Are you ready to tell us all about what the the Dirty French Broad experience is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I I can, if it translates well over the air. (laughs) Can I ask you the first question? That I don't, I'm positive you've heard every time when people come through the store, I'm like, hey, come in Friday or whatever. The dirty French broads will be here. Mm. And they give me the same look. Do you know what look (laughs) I'm talking about? The, uh, what are you talking about look? Or what does that name look? (laughs) What does that name look? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Could you, could you explain the history of the name of your band? Oh man. So the name actually predates, uh, the band. I came up with the name and I was like, yo, that's a dope band name. Now I got to start a band. So I learned how to play guitar and learned how to sing and uh, the rest is history. No, I'm just kidding. I knew how to play guitar and sing a little bit, but, uh, but I came up with that name and I was like, oh, well, it's, it's so good. It's got to exist already. And I did a little bit of researching and I found the French broads are out there, um, but nothing about the dirty French broads. So I pictured like me and a couple, you know, a couple ladies and like we're a cool trio and we're the broads and it's like a triple entendre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the band came to me and I was like. So no pressure, but this has to be our band name. Right. You guys got to get on board. I mean, I was, you know, uh, democratic about it and stuff, pretending not to care as much, but I was like, but actually imagine the merch we could make. (laughs) Right. With a name like that. Yeah. And then I imagine if you, if you ever did a a joint show with the French broads. (laughs) (laughs) We've actually been talking about, we actually talked about it. Really? My fiddler met uh, one of the ladies who plays in that and they were like, oh, you're in the French broads? We're the dirty French broads. She she went to see her play and we're like, we got to do a French broad show. It might might happen. Did they love the name or they were like, um, that's the unclassy version of us. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think they loved the name because they're like and locals love it too because you know most locals are like oh i don't swim in the french broad you know it's, yeah. it's like tourists swim in the french broad because i don't know how dirty it is and you know so it's just like a it's a funny kind of local <laughs> joke <laughs> i i moved here 15 years ago and that was one of the first questions i never lived in a city with like a big river mm. uh but when when i heard about it's it like oh the french broad i'm like is it awesome they're like do not get in that water <laughs> and like 15 years ago it was worse i hear it's good now 
yeah, there's an app where you check it and it's, it gives you a color. And I think it's been in the red for a, long, a really long time. But I would never, I would never wish this terrible irony on you. But <laughs> if you got in any way sick because of dirty French broad water, that'd be a little bit funny. Yeah, no, it's a lot funny, and I didn't realize it till probably this morning. I was like, oh my god, I think that's what that was, and I totally should have been telling people that the whole time. We'd be like, go to visit you in the hospital. Like, I mean. How you doing? Is it funny yet? It's not funny. I'll, I'll stop. I'm sorry. It's always funny way too soon for me. So you're right on board. Yeah, you're perfect. I'm told that's the curse of a good comedian is whenever something terrible happens, they think of a joke right away and then they're like, all right, but how long yes. until I can say the joke? What do they call that? Statue of limitations? Or yeah, yeah. Too soon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we make Lincoln assassination jokes now? <laughs> I hear we can. I hear we're Lincoln, the, the old president. Not, right. Okay, yeah. Not the, the owner. Of yeah, the owner. God. <laughs> no one warned him. <laughs> uh, so... One of my questions that I love to ask, uh, and I, I just find it so fascinating in people because I think it's a it's a relatively rare quality, but I think it's something that is in most people, but not everybody pursues it, is you decided to do something hard with your life. And by that, I mean, I think you had probably options to go work a normal job, uh, do something that's a little bit more guaranteed. And you decided to pick up a guitar, you decided to sing, you decided to get something going that uh, growing up was always told to me as the most like, oh, so you've chosen to be poor and live underneath a bridge. That's about it. (laughs) And so choosing it, like, how did you go from, I imagine you had a job before the Dirty French Broads. Uh, How did you go from not doing that anymore and deciding I'm going to, I'm going to choose to live the harder version of life. I'm going to choose to follow this. What, what made you do that? What made you, uh, walk down this path? Yeah. And that's, it's always funny to look back cause it, it's so clear the series of, uh, life events or decisions that I made that, that led to this. And, and I did have, you're right. I had what my father called, uh, my first big girl job. Mm. Uh, that was after doing what he did not call my first <laughs> job, which was, uh, I was a trail guide, actually. I was a backpacking guide. Whoa. For, yeah. Wilderness therapy. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. That's an awesome organization. Yeah. yeah. And so I worked for a place called Four Circles. Um, no longer exists, mm-hmm. uh, RIP, but it was fun. So I did that for about a year, you know, and the guide life is like you work for a week, you're off for a week. Yeah. And, um, so I didn't play too much music in those days. Um, but then I left that cause I wanted a little bit more of a stable, um, it's funny to say it now, but it's stable. <laughs> uh, just a routine, you know, the week on, week off is tough. And so I started working at a boarding school um, for teenage boys struggling with addiction. Um, and that was pretty rewarding work. Um, and then I eventually uh, got promoted to, I was the director of student life there, actually. So oh, sweet. That's the big girl job. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a salary. I had, you know, a whopping 10 days of vacation. Wow. Um, yeah. And and I was pretty, pretty darn good at that job, actually, for being so young. Um, and then I did that for about a year, and that's the period of time where I realized um, how important it is to work for really good people and work uh, with really good people. Yeah. Because uh, I worked with some some really amazing people, and uh, super long story short, I mean that that place has since been um, has been shut down for uh, for a couple of reasons, but they were just not they were not good to me or or a lot of people that worked mm. there, and so it took me about six months to be like, oh, this is what this is, you know, <laughs> and and uh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, and so I quit that job without even having another job lined up, which um, is not it is not advisable. Uh, it makes for good music, though, maybe. I suppose so, yeah. I was like, man, oh, man, I could write so many songs about you people. Um, <laughs> and that's when I moved to uh, the Caribbean. 
and I just well, moved to an island. Um, <laughs> hold on, you just moved to an island? Uh, yeah. Well, it was a. F- I can't even call them friends. They were friends of a friend. Fantastic. And, uh, and I was like, I quit this job. It's my birthday. I need to go somewhere. And uh, they're like, Hey, this is my friend Kenny, and uh, he lives in St. Thomas, and they're always trying to get people over there. So. Um, is St. Thomas an island? Yes, yeah, sorry. No, St. And Thomas I'm just is too a, American is, to know. It's actually an American territory. It's a U.S. Oh, territory. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Good for us. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Good for us. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that. The podcast is a different I'm sure, podcast. I'm sure, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, down um, kind of right off of Cuba. I think. Man, my geometry is terrible. That but, sounds correct. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it's St. St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix, and uh, they live on St. Thomas. And so I just went down for a week, um, just like pure vacation mode. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, what are you doing when you go back? And I was like, dude, I got no idea. Uh, I don't have a job and I don't really have anything to tie me down. And they're like, we can come here and work on a boat. You can play music. And I was like, oh, word. That's what I'll do. Awesome. Yeah. So like a month later, I was on a flight to St. Thomas. Um, I was a first mate on a boat and I uh, started. That's when I was like, all right, I'm going to do the music thing. Like for real, for real. Yeah. Um, and I started playing down around there. Um is this story too long for the question you have to ask? Or no, actually, it's, it's given me many, many more. <laughs> Hold on, you dro- you dropped this casually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You said you're the first mate. Oh, the fir- okay. So I, yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't get hung up on that, but I feel Second like that's a, that's a big job. Yeah. So we just like t- uh, yeah. I mean, so we worked on a boat that. Uh, I mean, it was a glorified booze cruise, but we took people to like the baths and they would, you know, we took them hiking and snorkeling and um, we were just like bartenders on this boat. So we had, had to have really good balance and okay jokes. Yeah. Um, and so we would, yeah, so, you know, we'd like dock and undock the boat and um, hang all the buoy things and help. One time I fell off, but it was only once and I was okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all go swimming sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that was fun work. It was also uh, uh, long, long days and um, I'd probably do it again. But And then COVID hit. Right. And that's when I was like, okay, well, no one's going on boats anymore. Um, and so I came back here um, to Asheville. I guess more recently I worked for a friend who uh, who's a, a really talented woodworker and he just needed some help with like the admin side of things and um, – and earlier this year, I worked for a little curry house downtown to kind oh, of help, help pay the bills. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I wasn't waking up thinking about better techniques for rolling naan. Right. You know, just so people can eat it and I can roll naan the next day. I was waking up thinking about, um, you know, like, oh, cool fiddle bridges between chorus and verse and, and things like that. And so it honestly, you say it was a hard decision. I think it, it reached a point where I, I just couldn't not do it anymore. Interesting. Um, and it doesn't make it any less hard, yeah. but it was just like. I cannot even bear. I'm a, I'm a hard worker, and when I put my mind on something, I you know I show up and I, I do my job. And but man, I was showing up every morning, going, I'm just wasting my time. I want to be like doing music right now. I want to be you know shooting for that thing. And so it just it, it became almost unbearable to <laughs> to show up for work every day. And no, nothing to do with the place. It's a great place to work, actually. If you're looking for a job, they probably need help. And they're a great place to great boss. Everyone was awesome there. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of had to pull the trigger and 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 start to go full time. So I did that last spring. Yeah. This past spring, summer, mm-hmm. whatever time is. Yeah. Yeah. Something Around like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So you went from doing music on a, on a boat, <laughs> also first mate, and and COVID happened and everything went super normal and good for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just like super, yeah. Just and, hit the repeat button, yeah. And at the end of it, you you decided to go all in on on that thing that wakes you up in the morning or that you think about, the, the stuff that 
you know, keeping fiddle bridges in your... (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think that's a real term. And my fiddle player's gonna be like, okay, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know what? I have such trust in your ability that I just went with it. I was like, oh, I didn't know that was... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fiddle bridges. You're going to use that now going ahead. It's kind of like when doctors tell me things. I'm like, that sounds right. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Yeah. That has enough letters to be, uh, yeah, (laughs) to make sense. (laughs) You've been leading a band or you've been at least been the front of a band for a while. You have at least one song on Spotify Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I've ran at least like probably 30 times in the car. Aww. My daughter knows it. She loves it. Oh, uh, well, that's our 30 listens right there. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Strange, yeah. And, and so I, I find, I find, uh, I find your music, uh, to be full of life and very fun, but also I think it has a quiet. And if you would allow the term a hauntingness to it, mm, uh, that, I will allow it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, especially the lyrics. I, I think they're, there's something that you can think about in the back of your head, even if you're not necessarily like singing it out loud. I find I find myself returning to that often. Was was that the goal or how would you like your music to be known? Um, well, see, that's a great question that I've been pondering myself because we call ourselves, you know, Americana grass. We're not bluegrassy enough to say bluegrass. Mm. Um, but no one even knows what Americana is. It's just a humble jumble of a bunch of things. Right. You know? So it's like, who are we and what's our identity? And and I think, you know, we started, Scott and I, the mandolin player, we started, um, we got together last summer and kind of started things. But the the, the core group, uh, the four of us, plus we just found a, a new upright bassist, um, have been playing together for probably, you know, like six months now. So I think we're still kind of developing our, our voice and our, our mm-hmm. unique sound. But um, as much as I try to, to put it in a box that makes I, I'm like I love boxes with labels mm-hmm. I'm like, but what is my music and is it is it more this or is it more this and and uh in a way it's I think it's kind of beautiful that it doesn't have a, a super straightforward thing yeah um, I'm definitely excited about like if you listen to my my solo EP mm. uh, Phoenix which has been out which I recorded uh in an RV uh down by the river actually awesome um yeah with some really high tech equipment <laughs> yeah I was like are you sure and I walked in I was like oh okay um <laughs> So that's that's got a lot of I'd call call them haunting as well. Um, that was kind of how my songwriting cr- career started, I guess, is I just wrote a lot of uh, a poetry as a kid, you know. And as a kid, if you called it poetry, I would have turned bright red and be like, "Not poetry." Right. Uh, that's exactly what it was. And, <laughs> so obviously, that translates pretty well once you just add add music to it. Um, and so I was a person who I'm a, a pretty upbeat, happy person, you know. And and growing up, I I expressed those emotions uh, really easily. Um, but I didn't really know how to do the other stuff, you know, the uh, the hard stuff that really didn't get talked about a whole lot. And so I ended up writing about it. And so when that translated to songwriting, I just wrote some like really, really sad stuff, um, yeah. which, you know, people listen to and are like, oh, is she OK? <laughs> uh, and yes, I am uh, because I wrote those things, you know. Yeah. And so and so it was definitely haunting and sad and like a little bit slower, uh, certainly in the beginning. And I've liked how it's my songwriting has shifted in the past year or so to be a little bit more like catchy and some upbeat and maybe it's still haunting, but at least it's like, you know, more dynamic, Yeah, you know, uh, you tap your toe to the haunt. Exactly. Oh, oh, <laughs> can I take that? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. I wish I had a notebook in front of me. I was going to write that down. I'll just have to re-listen again. Yeah. Tap your toe to the haunt. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So I guess to answer your actual question, uh, I, I haven't thought about how I want my songs to be known. I just know that, I want others to feel, uh, to feel things in them that they 
have recognized in themselves and they, you know, it makes them feel a little bit less alone yeah. in some way. And cause that's what music has always done to me, you know? And so if they can tap their foot and feel less alone, then what, what a better world it is. <laughs> and that's, that's always been one of my favorite parts about how music can turn a room full of strangers, uh, a, a group of people all feeling something simultaneously. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's one of the best aspects of of humanity, if if I may oh, be yeah. so bold. Oh, uh, you can be that bold. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. When you hit, when you really hit it, man, it's. Ooh. Oh man, I, I have just this is a self indulgent question, ooh. and I I started at the collective and I was pouring beers and the first time you guys came, I was busy and I was still like a little untrained and I was worried that I wasn't doing a good job. And so I was paying like half attention to the music, but also there was a lot of people wanting drinks. So mm -hmm. in between I would kind of listen and every now and then uh, something would happen where I realized like, man, I'm missing this awesome show, but I have a job to do. And the second time you guys were here, hmm. I, I decided I was like, all right, um, um, I know how to pour a beer now. I know I've, I'm a little better at this. And, <laughs> and so I gave myself a bit more time to listen. This other thing happened. You brought somebody else with you. The first time you were here was three piece. And the uh -huh. fourth time, or the th I'm sorry, the second time there was a four per fourth person. Mm -hmm. And she was a woman on the violin. Mm -hmm. If, if I may, I think you have a great stage presence i think you're you're very interesting the whole band like operates so well but i feel like she just <laughs> wrenched everybody's attention at one point she, I, I felt like it was like a 10 minute violin solo who was this person did she wander in from the streets and just <laughs> and just and then disappear into the night never to be seen again or <laughs> is yeah. she always with you is she sometimes with you oh she's uh yeah, she's always with us now, thank God, because she you nailed it. She was she kind of flew in, tumble weeded in. It's funny. Uh, that's Jeannie McKenzie. Um, Jeannie McKenzie. Yeah, she's a fantastic uh, just musician in general. She's doing a lot of like sound healing stuff right now. She just recorded a whole. Um, oh, Jeannie's gonna kill me. It's the <laughs> uh, big round metal things that you tap them and they go. Yes, I know stuff. what that is. Yeah. So she just recorded a whole album with that stuff, and it's like a sound healing album. It's called Reiki. That sounds I think right. That, sound that sounds right. I apologize, greater Asheville audience. <laughs> really yeah. yelling in their car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's like this this super spirited woman, and um, we found her. She had just moved from Bay Area, California. Uh, this was January or something, and we we're like, man, we just really want a fiddler. Um, we actually found her and Josh, the banjo player, at the same time, and we sent out a Craigslist ad that was like, hey, we're looking for a fiddler, and she that's what she responded to. Awesome. Um, Josh also responded and was like, I know you didn't say fiddle, but I just learned how to play the banjo. And uh, Or no, he didn't say that. He's like, I play the banjo, and can I try out? And we are like, yeah, sure. And so we actually tried them out at about the same time, um, and we ended up loving them both that we brought them both on, but... Well, it's funny, actually, because she was uh, – Scott was the one who was communicating with her on Craigslist and just thought that she had, like, his email and his name and stuff. So she so she shows up to her at the time, our bassist house, and knocks on the door, and, and it's uh, – our bassist wife answers it and was like, oh, the, the you know, the band's downstairs or whatever. She mm -hmm. walks in. She's like – she didn't know any of our names until the very end of the thing. She's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, what's your name? And he's like, Scott, you knew that. She's like, no, I didn't actually. I just <laughs> rolled up to this random stranger's house without, a, without knowing much, but she, like – but the second we heard her play, we were like, oh, yeah, we got to have you. And she's like, well, I might be moving to Ecuador. You know, I've been yeah. free for the first time in a while, so I might just go fly away. And we're like, oh, definitely, please do that for all your heart. But also, if you stay, um, you definitely have a place in this band. And so she ended up staying. Um, 
and she's like, she just found her musical place here in Asheville because you know it's a pretty special, special community. I'm learning. Um, yeah. And thank God for that because yeah, you're right. She she absolutely tears it up if you ever need to start a fire <laughs> in the middle of the woods you call genie <laughs> <laughs> i was i was uh, recording on my instagram uh and I, every now and then i'll be like we got a cool band down here tonight or something like that and then i just heard her going off and i just videotaped her i'm like <laughs> i found this woman <laughs> <laughs> and everybody needs to know that she exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really do. Yeah, she took a little hiatus. She went back to California. Was like sleeping out of her Prius, which you've seen her. So she's the only one that could fit in her Prius. But right. Yeah. Uh, she's you know, and she's just this. Uh, she's my spirit animal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's all of our spirit animals. She really is. God bless Jeannie. Yeah. So really happy to have her. <laughs> so also, we, we don't need to get too into this, but I loved what you just said about, hey, I saw you were looking for a fiddle player. I don't play that. I play the banjo. Would <laughs> yeah. you like to hear me? <laughs> yeah. And we were like, not really. Honestly, we were like, I don't know. We Well, historically, no offense to all the banjo players out there. Oh, here like, we go. Um, you know, to be a banjo player, you have to have a certain like... Swagger's the wrong word, but a certain like a uh, Steve Martin like quality. I guess I don't know Steve Martin personally, but I I guess I'll trust you on He's that. He's got one. a lot of banjo swag. Yeah, okay, but like you know they want to like banjo it right. up, right? And we we're like, oh, we don't want that to like overwhelm. Yeah, you know, we kind of had a sound going, and but Josh shows up, and man, he is like the most. Um, he has finesse on the banjo uh, that I didn't know existed, and it was like, and he just like played and like swayed really well, and he know when he knows when to play more and when to play not more, and he doesn't have like an ego about it, which is really cool. And then after he was with us for a few months, he kind of said that he had just uh, started learning the banjo about I think like three to six months before he actually wow. came to try out. I know, and I was like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> so he just picked it up. Yeah, he's a true musician. He was a he was. They moved from Colorado. He's a composer. Um, and oh he's, wow. Yeah, and so he like knows all. He knows a lot of things and is very, um, yeah, musically inclined in ways that I'm not. And so I'm always in awe of like, oh wow, you're like, you're a real musician and you play the banjo and he plays. He's a pianist. He was like a jazz pianist. Wow. Yeah. He's a vibe. He's a really good vibe. They're all just great. I, I really got really lucky and and I think I ran into another musician at Blue Dream Curry actually when I was working there and he's like. Mm. Yeah, you're with the Dirty French Broads, right? And I was like, oh, man, I'm honored that you know that. And he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I play around town and stuff. And he's like, man, it's just so hard to get a, a group of people that want to rehearse, want to practice every week yeah. and want to be, like, dedicated to the to the craft and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, just hasn't been my experience. Like, I, I just, like, hit the <laughs> hit the lottery with, with uh, three, now four people who were like, let's show up every week. Let's show up twice a week. Let's, yeah. like, let's do the, go the extra mile to make this music really good. And that's just been, like... Uh, a huge blessing to me. Well, not only do you have, uh, I believe, some music coming out. Uh, is it coming out on Spotify soon? It is, yes. We're releasing it next month, finally. But yeah. also you have a huge show coming up, right? <laughs> we do. We do also have a huge show. We uh, somehow got into the the Grey Eagle. Uh, we're Whoa. Playing. Yeah. Um, don't ask me how that happened because uh, I still don't know, but... Um, I've seen some great shows there. Yeah, I have as well. I yeah. I went to see uh, Amanda Shires, uh, Jason Isabel's wife, and um, she's an excellent musician. She was playing on Tuesday night when when we'll be playing, and I was like, oh, Whoa. this is like what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna have to do. Like, we gotta be a real band, man. Yeah. We gotta like get our crap together. Three practices a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like you joke, but um, <laughs> yeah. So that's it's November twenty second. Um, it is, and it is a Tuesday, uh, but it's it's the Tuesday before. 
Thanksgiving. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, so it's basically the weekend. Yeah. You know, you're, that's you a know, that's an awesome time to go. Vibe, yeah. And yeah, we got uh, we just locked in uh, Barrett Davis mm-hmm. um, is a local uh, bluegrass player who's very talented. And um, so he's going to be kind of opening for us. Um, oh, cool. So it's going to be a pretty, pretty special night. Yeah. And so that's our big EP release party. Awesome. Yeah. So you got all this music coming out. You got this awesome concert coming up. And uh, if if anybody's interested that's listening, where can we find tickets for this? Uh, you can just go to thegrayeagle.com. You Gray could Eagle. Google the Gray Eagle, the Dirty French Broads. You can check. Uh, we've got a Facebook event out. You can go to thedirtyfrenchbroads.com. That's kind of the first thing that pops up there. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, that's really exciting. I'm I'm certainly going to be there. My wife and I are going to be there. Oh, sweet. Probably not our kids because they can't handle that. But. Yeah, fair enough. It is family friendly for all you out there who, uh, but you don't have to. You know, go find a babysitter. Get it. I'm sorry. By handle that, I mean <laughs> they don't. They run and start wrestling whenever music is on. Oh, fun. And that might be a cool vibe. There's a patio Maybe. courtyard. Yeah, Just, yeah. Good little puppy gate. <laughs> That's where you play. (laughs) Well, Kate, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you so much for sharing your music with uh, the Outdoor Collective, but as well as Western North Carolina and probably the world really soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm honestly honored. It's this is my first uh, uh, interview as a musician, so it's uh, it's yeah. Well, well, this is my first time interviewing a musician. I think. Oh, word. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Yeah, all right. I did all right by it. Yeah, I I think you did. (laughs) Dang, I love her story. In the time since I have interviewed her, I've been thinking about just being the first mate of a ship and making awesome music, meeting cool people, and pursuing something cool. Well, that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for checking us out. And we are going to leave you with a bit more of the music that Kate has shared with us. I hope you check it out. Thanks so much. See you next week. I'm